Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. Dude, we made it. We're just hours away from 2021. So let us celebrate all the highlights of the year. And, uh, you know, there were a few not so highlight, uh, some of the hiccups as we've been calling it for this episode. So, but congratulations, you made it, dude. We made it. Congratulations, John. Congratulations, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> the birds are still moving, they're still out there, right? So it hadn't really affected them too much. Yeah, right? you know what? Everything else in our world changed, but the birds pretty much stayed the same and actually they put on a heck of a show for us this year that definitely is and we're going to talk about that that is definitely one of the highlights of this year and again we've we've mentioned it before is it is it the fact that we were just more in tune with what was going on in our backyards because we were watching it more because we're working from home and looking out the window while we do it or or were there really some really true highlights with bird activity in our backyards and in general this year and I think it's a little bit of both. I would agree with that. It does seem like it's a little bit of both. And it's been a lot of fun. There was some pretty fun and interesting birds. Um, yeah, I had a really, really cool experience just this week with birds. And I dressed up. It's been rather cool outside, so I dressed up warmly. I was just going to go sit outside in a local little nature area and just sit and watch nature, see what birds showed up. And the coolest thing, I'm sitting there, it's cold and just this clear sky. And off to the left, I hear this little splashing by some water and slowly turn my head. And here comes this tiny little sparrow. And it turns out it's a white-throated sparrow. And it's slowly foraging, coming towards me. And I'm like, I'm not moving. (laughs) Let's see what happens. And this little white-throated sparrow comes up. It foraging right alongside, comes up to, yeah, it's like two feet away from my legs now on my side, goes around my legs, slowly foraging. It's like 10 minutes this bird forages all the way around me and then just keeps going, moves on. <laughs> How cool is that? You know, I'm going to take that as an omen that 2021 is going to be a great year. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look in depth at some of the uh, some of the highlights and hiccups as we move forward. Okay, so highlights. Well, we've talked a little bit about the bird activity and, and you know, whether it was because we were just more observant or whether there actually was great bird activity. But boy, I think almost universal. Uh, everybody would agree that the activity at feeders this year has just been through the roof and a lot of possible oh, for uh, sure. explanations for that. Definitely. Well, you you alluded to one thing that more people were home. And we've kind of alluded to that in some of our other podcasts where so many people are home and we're paying attention throughout the day now. And birds come and feed at different times of the day. You have some of the birds that really like to be up right at right before dawn or right at dawn and start eating and they're a little bit more active and then some show up right after first light. Mm-hmm. And then you have that sometimes a mid-morning, late-morning movements at your bird feeders, or even that early afternoon or even late afternoon movement at your bird feeders. So you're getting all this great activity at different times of the day. Mm -hmm. And now that 
so many people being home and you're watching. I know you and I have both seen different things at our feeders this year that have gotten us really excited yeah. about backyard bird feeding. And dude, we've been doing this for decades, right? Shh, don't tell anybody, Brian. Come on. Decades combined. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it gets dark early and it doesn't get light until late in the morning. And right. typically I would be commuting to work and I would be home only during the hours. I'd get home after it's dark and leave before it gets light. And I would see nothing during the week. And my birding in my backyard would be totally confined to the weekends. And, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. yes. I'm birding every day in my backyard, which is really great. I think, you know, the other cool thing I think this year that seemed, and again, we understand that, you know, this this podcast is being heard throughout North America and, and different regions have different experiences. So, you know, sometimes we, we may just concentrate a little bit too much on, on our experiences. But I think it's fairly universal this year in most places that uh, that the breeding season seemed to be very successful. Oh, um, yeah. Lots of different examples of populations, uh, you know, just a really... Uh, unique one is uh, uh, sawwet owls. You know, sawwet mm-hmm. owls uh, came, um, they migrate south in the fall, and, and the numbers this year were really, really large. And they were mostly young birds. And I'm a bander in the backyard. I think I've shared this in one of our ep- other episodes that, you know, in, in, the, in the fall, I try to do a lot of banding to, to get bands on the youngsters so that I can, you know, watch longevity records as the years go by on those birds and, and uh, try to get the migrants before they leave and head south for, you know, Central or South America. And I was stunned in a two-week period this fall, I banded 21 downy woodpeckers. And I 21, was 21 downy woodpeckers. 21. You, know, you watch your feeders and you think you got, oh, I see three, maybe four, maybe even five on a good day at one time. And that's probably max, right? No, 21 downy woodpeckers and 14 of those were juveniles this year's young. Now, these were all in your backyard, right? These were all in my backyard. That's insane. Most in, people, in two- we think we see only one or two in our backyard. Uh-huh. And here you've got 21 Downy woodpeckers in your backyard just this summer. Isn't that, isn't that stunning? That it's is just phenomenal. <laughs> and get this. I still see downy woodpeckers on my feeders without bands on them. <laughs> so I, I got 21 and I didn't get them all. The more you watch, you can see a difference in the way one behaves versus another. Because if you have two males, you know, the males have the little red dot on the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And then the females don't have that red dot. But one of those cool fun facts about downy woodpeckers or hairy woodpeckers, uh, it, the patterns on the back of the head are just enough different for each individual that they can tell from looking at the back of the head, they can tell the difference between each individual. And I still try to look for that. I've, I've known that fun fact for a long time, and I'm still so, looking for it. So, I'm like, they're way better at this than I am. So, so if I wanted to take mug shot of my 21 right. woodpeckers, I'd have to take it on the back of the head. <laughs> That's <laughs> Not right. Not on the front, right? <laughs> Turn around, please. Yeah. <laughs> that 
I don't have any data on that. I didn't look anything up, but anecdotally, the Eastern Bluebird seemed to have a really great nesting year this year, at least in the Midwest, because I've seen so many more just around my yard and so many more as I've done some of the, the Midwest traveling that has been very limited this year. I, I've also had a lot more people saying, I've seen a bluebird for the first time this year mm-hmm. or asking me, hey, I saw this bird that has blue on it with kind of a, an orange breast. Was that a bluebird? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so many more people. So I think part of it is, yes, we're home or we're paying more attention to birds. But we did have a really great spring season across actually much yeah, of North yeah, America yeah. to allow birds to be really successful at raising their their broods, their babies, because yeah. they had great food resources. And so I think, like you were talking, across most of North America, we had a really good year, good nesting year. Yeah. So that's definitely one of the highlights of the year for a lot of us. And I think uh, another of the highlights, even though, gosh, one of the, one of the hiccups, as you already referred to, is... We couldn't travel as much as we, right. you know. I, I had a I had a bunch of birding trips planned, and and every single one of them went down in flames, and and that hurts. And you know, it, it's you hate to give any of those up, especially some that you've been planning for a number of years. Right. Um, so th- that was that was kind of a, a definitely a hiccup of, of the year. But the, another highlight was instead of us going to the birds. The birds came to us. Indeed, the the migration also this year appeared to be a really phenomenal migration in many parts of the country, with the number of birds and and it, you know we could sit here and talk about weather patterns and you know that type of thing as to what potentially created this situation. But but the reality is that for a lot of us we saw numbers of birds, uh, Orioles come to mind, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and, and warblers. Warblers for me in my backyard were just incredible this year. Uh, so I think the migration for a lot of people brought a lot of birds. Instead of us going to the birds and finding them somewhere else, they came to us, which was kind of kind of cool. A lot of people actually this year started being home, getting into bird feeding. And a lot of our WBU store owners saw an explosion in people, either one, getting into bird feeding for the first time because they're home, or two, really ramping up their bird feeding hobby and putting out new and different kinds of foods to attract different kinds of birds. And like you're saying, the warblers coming through and spring migration, fall migration. I had so many different kinds of warblers this year. I had different kinds of thrushes coming through the yard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just phenomenal time of watching all these birds. And actually one of my favorites was just hearing everyone else's stories or comments from people. Hey, I got this really cool bird. <laughs> it's just fun to hear those stories. You know, we've got a, a tight little group that we do our birdathon with every year that is a sponsored uh, event that we raise money for conservation uh, activities. And, uh, <laughs> and we talk birds till the cows come home, you know, we, we love it. And, and we talk about it a lot. And that was kind of limited this year. And so, you know, to uh, occasionally have a Zoom meeting or whatever it is just to talk about birds and catch up that way. or So that kind of, it was kind of interesting because not that it made up for our in-person gatherings, but, you know, we, we kept it up. We kept talking birds. Mm-hmm. One of those things that I really look forward to in the springtime, we have, like you said, we do that birdathon where it's that 24-hour competition of can, who can which team can raise the most money for conservation and as well as the bragging rights of the most species. We also some local birding festivals as there's one of the regional birding festivals you and I always go and lead bird walks for a few days. 
And I so look forward to that one. Mm -hmm. It's so Mm -hmm. much fun to take other people out and trying to find new birds for them and helping them grow in their their hobby of birding and bird watching and learning how to identify birds and the behaviors and what they're doing. But the other part with that is it's the camaraderie of all those other birders and some you only see at that festival once a year and it becomes like this little tight family. So that definitely was uh, something that was greatly missed this year. Yeah, losing that one hurt. I'll be honest with you. That that, that that's something that we, we just really look forward to. And I actually, uh, and we're hoping, hoping, uh, you know, things things uh, lighten up a little bit, and maybe we might be able to pull it off this this next May. But we're still gonna have to see where we're at. bring it back to a highlight what were some of the best birds that you saw this year you're hanging out at home you're watching your feeders what was really cool that you got to see you know that's a that's a real wow that's a really i'm one of those terrible people you know that that people are what's your favorite bird uh, really? <laughs> that's <laughs> you want me to name one that's, favorite bird? That's why I didn't limit you because I'm like I can't do that either. <laughs> you know I don't know that I can come up with a single bird. It's I, I probably can and that goes back to the warblers. I, the warbler uh, migration through the woods around my house was just phenomenal this year and and I got to add probably. I'm going to say up to the top of my head, probably seven species that I'd never seen in my, after 27 years, <laughs> I'd never seen around my house. That's amazing. It was just, yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. We had a, a cerulean warbler, which is just, you know. A cerulean warbler? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it was a highlight. Uh, and for a lot of reasons. I mean, this is a bird that uh, a lot of people are concerned about. Its population is, is declining, uh, mostly due to habitat loss on its wintering grounds in, in South America. Uh, you know, the bird comes here to nest in, in, in the spring and summer and farther north, and but nests right here in Indiana, which is really cool. Uh, but again, uh, it's a bird that I kind of got to know about because of the concern about it. Uh, years ago, years ago, uh, I was hired by uh, uh, to do a, a survey of some of our reservoirs here in Indiana. The, the Army Corps of Engineers had money to kind of look at some of the the threatened and endangered species that were showing up on some of their properties. And so they were hiring people to go out and do surveys. So I got a chance to do that, which was way cool, by the that, way. That is cool. <laughs> so that was really, the, yeah. And so to have one, you know, and, and at the time I didn't find them in many of the places that I surveyed. So to have one show up in my backyard, my goodness, that was that was a thrill, to be honest with you. And they're such a beautiful bird. Oh, that is a huge thrill. I love the Cerulean Warblers. And it's a beautiful, beautiful bird. And it's called, you know, a lot of times, why is it called that? Well, because it's a cerulean blue. It's got yeah, it this. It deserves the name. This, uh, it's kind of a, a base white bird, but then it has these streaks of that cerulean blue on the sides. But then the head and the back are all solidly colored like that. Just a gorgeous bird. But really important to be studied because like you're talking about, these as a little warbler, little insect feeding bird, that's one of our longest um, distance warbler migrants. Um among the longest distant ones, like all the way into South America. Um, and they also move really early, but they're hard to study because they nest so high in the trees that it's, and they're generally pretty quiet. Um, yeah, they get a little vocal only right around that nesting time briefly. Uh, so it's one of those birds that a lot of it's pretty much just in the Eastern half of North America when they're here. And so a lot of people try to chase that bird because it's beautiful and it's 
kind of a challenge to get. So that's super exciting to be home and see that bird in your yard. Definitely a highlight. That's just cool. I'm going to punt and not pick one, but just kind of say the the warblers that were in the spring were pretty cool. The warblers in general, yeah. I I did take an opportunity, what better way to social distance than be out in a true wilderness area. And so we did go to the the Boundary Waters Canoe Wilderness Area this summer. Um, Just a little family group. Um, And we went and we had a blast. Ended up on an island camping out. um, And it was such a great spot. We stayed for couple nights and I had Canada warblers that were nesting on that island and just singing like crazy and I've never been where a Canada warbler is on territory raising a family Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that was just so cool to be able to be in their habitat you know they'll pass through our habitats and pass through our yards sometimes but to be able to go and, and travel and be in their habitat was just really, really cool. Um, nice. But even in my own yard, I had so many neat experiences. And as I've started to reflect back on what happened this year, so much happened this year. I've, for, I, I've more forgotten most things because I just, yeah, it's you, about press you, forward, press forward. <laughs> yeah. You're, you, you installed a couple of years ago, a, a nice little uh, water feature in your backyard. Yeah. And man, that seemed to be just drawing birds in left and oh, right. You had yeah. thrushes and warblers and. All kinds of stuff. I did. Um, one of my favorite thrushes, you know, bluebirds and robins and these other thrushes are all in the same thrush family. But there are these woodland thrushes that they're just all brownish um, or rusty colored. Um, and one of those is called a Swainson's thrush. And I had two Swainson's thrushes sitting side by side in my little creek water feature bathing together. Nice. Nice. I was just... Geeking out, my wife, my wife, my daughters were like, "They're just birds, Dad." You had three Nashville warblers at one time in that creek, too. And then you? I did. My wife was trying to talk to me at How one cool point, and I got the binoculars out. I'm looking like it's like <laughs> eight, ten feet away, and she's trying to talk to me, and I'm, and she's like, "You're not listening to me, are you?" And I said, "I'm sorry, what?" Because <laughs> there were Oops. three Nashville warblers yeah. in a little triangle in the water, all within yeah. a one yeah. foot square space. Yeah, I can't. Cannot say enough about having just, water in your backyard. I mean, that really does draw in. Oh, I mean, to experience yeah. that, I still vividly see those pictures of those thrushes, those warblers bathing together. You get onesie twosies come in to do that, but when you have the same species side by side, and to be able to be home and see that, that those yeah. were some, definitely some highlights for me. Yeah, I would say, Brian, honestly, buddy. <laughs> I would say this podcast is one of our highlights. You know, this this thing was born out of the pandemic. It was Indeed. something that we had talked about for years and just never got around to. And and uh, we realized at some point in the pandemic that, that, you know, people probably wanted to hear about birds and nature and, and listen to something that brought them a little uh, separation from all the problems and, and uh chaos that was going on throughout 2020 so uh you know dude mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. podcast is definitely a highlight it's it's been really well received it's been very successful and and we are thrilled that all of our listeners join us and come back and oh definitely listen to us every other week i it's such a joy it's so much fun to do this with you and to also see the comments uh through the reviews and the ratings and um, and just anecdotally hearing people try to reach out to us and say, hey, I've listened to your podcast. And to, to hear how people 
are responding to that and how it does help bring some joy and that we're helping them learn something. And that's one of the coolest things. Um, I, I learned way back that freshman year of college had that one professor that stood up front and said, I don't care as you go through your, your schooling and you're getting your degree and you go out into the work world, let me give you that one piece of advice that no matter what you do, that you will always be able to be successful. And that is, you'll never stop learning. So you always need to know where can you go to find more answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always about continued learning. There's always a resource out there. And it's been yeah. it's been fun to be able to start this and be one of those resources. Yeah. But if nothing yeah. else, to pique people's interest to go learn more. We're always learning something new. <laughs> Having worked as a naturalist professionally my entire career, I have a lot of friends in the business one of the things that I think they all share in common is that innate sense of curiosity. Yes. And, and they're never bored. They're, they're, they're never bored. Nope. There's always something new to learn and experience and to see and to feel. Uh, so, you know, we're very lucky. We're very lucky. And, and to start off the new year here in a couple hours, uh, how cool is that, that we've been able to turn a year of, of truly challenging times into at least something we hope is very positive for our listeners uh, and that that it's made a difference in their world. Most definitely. So anything else? Any other inspirations for 2021? You know, John, this is generally about the time where we would do a kids activity. And this year, talking about highlights and hiccups and knowing it's it's the turn of a year where it's sending off the old and ringing in the new and so we're going to put a the kids activity on pause this time but definitely tune in to our next episode because we're going to be talking about citizen science and we've got some great ways to help get kids involved with that and we'll tell you all about what that is and how it's really simple and easy to get involved anyone of any age and and birding identification levels of ability you can just jump right in so definitely tune in for our next one for that that activity all right brian i think we're going to wrap it up now and just uh, truly wish everybody a really happy new year and looking forward to a a great 2021 and and hopefully getting things back to some semblance of normalcy and, and and the ability to do some of the things that we've always done so as I always say, thanks again for joining us and uh, join us next time. As Brian was saying, we're talking about citizen science, so it's very cool. But as always, we're going to let nature be our guide. Take care and Happy New Year. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this year and for this particular podcast. We really look forward to joining you and having you join us next year as we continue with Nature Centered. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.